0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're talking Hwayugi episodes nine through twelve. And guys, we have a lot of feelings—not good ones. What's up? What's up, Rika? I'm tired. I'm so tired. So tired.
1: I can't keep doing this. This show is out of control.
0: I realized a good analogy this morning because we say like emotional roller coaster often when we talk about K dramas, and this feels like a regular roller coaster. Where, like, you're on it, and it's super fun, and it's a little draining, and you like it, but, like, there's a part of you that doesn't like it, and then when you get off, when you're not watching YUD anymore, you're like, I don't want to do that again. Ever.
1: Um, It's a lot. It's funny you should say that, because once in one of my physics classes in university, I uh learned about this roller coaster called the Suicide Coaster, where the G Force would actually kill you, and that's what this feels like to me. Like I'm actually going <laughs> to die.
0: But I'd kind of be fine with it, because I love Fly Yep. I don't know. I mean, know. what a way
1: to go. So there's that.
0: <laughs> it's it's back to our goblin dilemma where it's so beautifully done and it's Just such a good K-drama. Like, we cannot call it a bad K-drama. No. We're just so tired of it. So, it's...
1: By far, like, I used to think that Goblin was a lot to handle. This is completely eclipsed, like, the drama that I felt while watching Goblin. Like, the actual, like, to the heart of it drama is a lot to unpack. Like, I'm just struggling sorting through all of what's going on because everything is a mess and we still have eight more episodes.
0: Eight. I thought we had four, but it's longer than a regular K-drama, so there's eight, yeah. and I should be more excited.
1: There's not. There's no wrapping this up. Simple. There's no nice little four-episode bow wrapped around it. It's like... That terrible feeling that you get. It's a great and terrible feeling, but that great and terrible feeling you get partway through a K drama where you feel like there's no possible way that it can be wrapped up neatly. Like, it's almost like it would be preferable to watch all of the characters just die right now and be, <laughs> like, dragged, kicking, and screaming through whatever plans they have. I don't know. There's still eight more episodes, so I guess yeah. they can wrap it up somehow if
0: we weren't doing this for the cage for the for the podcast i would probably watch the penultimate episode and then the final episode and just skip everything in the middle because that's where i'm at yeah. and that's what i usually do
1: probably we'd end um, up with a lot less like heart conditions if we just did that yeah with a lot fewer heart conditions
0: <sighs> we'll do it for you we'll do it for the listeners we'll keep
1: going we'll keep fighting it once again like i i feel like i'm totally thrashing the K drama. it's beautifully done it's so good i just i'm so tired
0: <laughs> we'll get into it but first i want to shout out to all the actors on this show because I feel like they've all stepped up in the last four episodes, especially. Like, jeepers creepers, how many people <laughs> has the actress that plays Bujah played? I was
1: just gonna say, I have one note that's written, like, all caps, like, five times bigger than my regular handwriting. Just, like, <laughs> uh, like, commending her. Because she's amazing. She is so good at playing a different person entirely, And she's playing a different person who's pretending to be the same person that she was. But they're obviously different, but she's doing a good job of... I don't know. It's, like, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. She's incredible. She deserves it it? all.
0: She deserves it all. She's so good. And also, the girl that plays Alice, I noticed a few times, just... The most subtle ways that she moves her body, and the way that she walks, and the way that she talks. What? Oh, so so good. They're so octopus, and manly, and, like, different person in my body-esque.
1: Yeah, like, the moment, uh, there was one part that was very apparent to me where she grabs P.K. and stalks off, holding his coat in her hand. Yeah. And- the way she's walking is so masculine. Her limbs are all over the place like an octopus, but she still has a human quality about her. It's incredible. I was so
0: good. So convinced.
1: Holy cow, these actors and actresses are blowing me away.
0: Yes, cuz obviously our our main cast, Oh gong, Sunmi and Ma Wang, they have real names. But I don't know. (laughs) Those guys. I feel like there were a lot more tears in these past episodes for those guys. And a lot more showing what love is and what being in love is like. Even for Mo Wong, who hasn't reconnected with his girlfriend. But they all three showed such a depth of emotion. And it's like, oh, they were so good before. How did they get even better? Yeah,
1: it's crazy. To see that evolution of character, too. They're doing such a good job of developing these characters in such a believable way. Oh, I'm so into it. It is the best part, is watching these actors work, because they are incredibly talented. I, I'm i glad we're focusing on this. This is something I can totally say positive things about. These people are amazing. Yeah.
0: They're so good. So shout out to them for... Keeping me in it, and to everyone else, literally, everyone who works on this show, you get a shout out, oh, okay, so let's let's jump into it because reading my notes every bit of all of these episodes was super interesting, so you start episode nine with the wedding scene, and it's like
1: freeze frame screech, I'm sure you're wondering how I got into this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Early 2000s like, <laughs> sitcom on Nickelodeon. Yeah,
1: because you're hearing her inner monologue, and she's like, how did I get here? How did I end up here? And it was so reminiscent of that to me. I was yeah, laughing my ass off.
0: But I was also, like, I don't know, so confused that I... I don't know. I'm I'm in it for the cheap thrills, so I got so excited for a minute. I was like, yes, (laughs) did we get the time jump, the classic K-drama, five years later? They're just getting married because they're normal now.
1: Everything's fine.
0: Everything's fine for Emily.
1: I think my favorite part about that scene is how immediately after the scene... They just start roasting her choice of wedding dress.
0: I wrote! (laughs) Just roasted her. Why?
1: Oh, it was so good. Because I think it's actually really sweet that she picked out such a dated wedding dress. And I think it's very human, too, because I think we become attached to certain styles, like maybe as kids, you know? It feels like. Maybe she watched some weddings in the 80s and 90s and, like, completely fell in love with the puffy-sleeve, like, over-the-top, queen-like wedding dress. And then it translated into her adult life, where she's just like, I still think it's really pretty. It's just my taste. And they're all dragging her so hard about
0: it. I loved it. But yeah, it's... It's that funny thing where you're like, you can tell that she loves it, so you love it a little bit because she does, but it's even better than nobody else does it.
1: Oh, it's so good. So
0: good. And then she and Ogong start being cute. I feel like this is... uh, Okay, so sorry to break out of the the progression that we're having. I'm going to stop the train right here. Scene one, (laughs) we're done. So... (laughs) you remember when Sonogang had that long con on Ma Wang to get him to drink Sungjung's blood? Yes. Where he like lit all the candles and like waited it out. Slowly but surely played the game. I feel like that's what they did to us these four episodes with Sunogong and Sunmi's relationship. Where they were like, we'll give you normal, but we're going to make it so good. And then take it all away. Yeah,
1: it was like a full grift. They went hard, and I was convinced that they had pulled themselves together, uh, especially in episode 9. Episode 9 was pretty steady. Um, yes. And then episode 11 was really steady Yeah, for
0: that's what I was going to say. I think the first half of 11, especially, I wrote, like, why are they so normal right now?
1: Like, this can't last. I think I did, too. This is the most stable their relationship has ever been. Can't last. My exact note.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah, they have so many cute scenes, and I won't mention them all because it's not worthwhile, but the wedding scene was one of them. I was like, oh, this is precious. Why can't you two just be normal and happy?
1: Please. And everyone is developing their own weird relationships. You see a lot of uh, PK. How is his demon name pronounced Paul Guy? Or Paul Guy?
0: I think it's Paul Gay.
1: Paul Gay? Okay. I don't know. Oh, it's man. hard to say. It doesn't say. matter. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with PK. Um But I really liked watching how... Like, we we definitely got a taste of his attachment to Buja before this, and it's kind of been interesting to watch his relationship develop with the Jade Prince slash Alice. And, yeah, I just felt like the first part of this episode was us just watching everyone kind of settle for, like, a second. And then it... everything falls apart after this episode. It just... It's just a downward spiral into just, like, spine-melting drama.
0: But this one was good. I did, um, <laughs> I guess I did write Sonagong and Sunmi have a really cute date in the middle of episode 9, and then I wrote, it's a cute date if you're dating a low-key a-hole. <laughs> it is! Because... he's like we should order this one because it's the most popular and she's like oh i don't eat spicy food and he's like we're gonna get it and then he's like i don't eat spicy food you eat it all are you kidding me it's the worst kill him (laughs) and then they're walking and he's like here let me hold your hand don't look at me don't look at me we're being normal and looking at our phones and you're like you're not being normal you're being the worst. You can't force her to look at her cell
1: phone, you psychopath.
0: This is not a normal cute date. I thought they could pull it off, and I don't know why.
1: I just feel like it was a really normal dinner for the 30 seconds he let it be. And then, yeah, he did. He pulled all of those shenanigans. And then starts a fight when they get home. Like one of those really bad fights that they have all the time that I'm super <laughs> over it's the most messed up fights about what is our relationship even just remember who we are this isn't a relationship but like what do you want it to be because i kind of it to be a relationship but also it can never be because i'm your slave i can't keep up with whatever mood he's in
0: <laughs> so they're cute i i don't know for a second we said they were cute for the whole episode. We immediately looked through our notes and have <laughs> to rescind that. This is why we take notes, people. So we don't forget. This was the episode with the children as well and the bookseller. Oh, which yeah. is way more interesting than Sunmi and Oogong.
1: It's very interesting. Also super messed up. I had a hard time with this episode of Ghostbusters. Because child abuse and child death is a lot to deal
0: with. It's so sad, because yep. you understand when the when the bookseller talks about saving the children and letting them be in fairy tales, and she's like, I'm doing the right thing. You're like, this is a moral conflict I never thought I'd have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I felt pretty conflicted until Ogong kind of straightened it out for me later, yeah. in the like two episodes later or something. I don't know, at the end of 10 or 11, I don't know. But um, he just says, what you're doing is not right. You're taking away their chance at life. And that yeah. is bad. That jived with me pretty well. Because it sucks that these kids are in such bad situations. But it sucks even more to not give them a chance to ultimately find a happy life.
0: Yeah, I think it's... It's easy to see the bookseller's point of view when you're thinking about the children's spirits. Yeah. But then Ogong puts it in the perspective of no, they were alive and now they're dead. Like, you see why that's wrong. And you're like, okay, thanks Ogong. When you're right, sometimes you're Sometimes right. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> this magic show has got me confused sometimes.
1: And it's also nice that she took Xiang Mi's child spirit we'll put that aside for a second we'll just put all episode (laughs) 10 aside for a second so we can unpack the whole ghost bust of the bookseller because i liked that she just took her child spirit which like took away some jong but then when she goes back in and she talks to herself as a child and she says hey let's get out of here i know you had a good time but look at how well we did together in the end. And it kind of drives home the point that O Gong makes, where she had the chance to grow up and it was hard, but she did well for herself. And yeah. So it was good in the end.
0: And it worked out. In episode 10. Oh, I guess episode 9, the cliffhanger was pretty crazy. Yeah. <gasps> um, Raquel texted me cuz yeah, the bookseller puts Sam I guess, Baby Sunmi into a book, The Spirit of Baby Sunmi traps her and says, "I'm Sam Jung now. I have control of the bracelet now. Everything's about me." And you're like, <gasps> audience gasp. <laughs> and that's the end.
1: And then remember that time in episode 10 when they changed the whole plot of the show from one <laughs> whole episode?
0: Uh, episode 10 was crazy. Yeah. Alright, explain that. All explain right. the plot change.
1: Okay, so as I mentioned a minute ago, and Emily mentioned a minute ago, literally 30 seconds ago, why am I doing this? Um, she takes Song Mi. Baby Sung Mi, and then she thinks that she has the dopest situation figured out, and really quickly, Ogong beats the crap out of her, which was interesting. So she has no actual control over any part of Song Jong or any of her contracts, really. I guess she did take the contract that Baby Sung Mi made where she can call Ogong, that's right, right? Yeah, I
0: think so. She
1: just doesn't have control over the bracelet. Yes. Okay. And so we spend one whole episode with Mi, not as Jong and she and Ogong just pick fights with each other and tell each other how unimportant the other is to them, and it's so much fun. I, like, kind of am just fine with skipping over episode 10, because... I, like, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to talk about with it? Because I it was not part of the plot <laughs> to me. It was completely different for one whole episode and then they just jump back into what it was.
0: Yeah, it's very much um Sunmi crying over losing her soulmate because she thinks she's soulmates with O because the love fell said so. So stupid. Which we all know to be wrong. So stupid. Um But the only thing that I think it's worth mentioning about this episode's besides them was PK, the turn of PK. Cause I really liked him. I feel like before this episode, this was the turning point for me where you kind of realize everybody's just on their own team and nobody cares about anybody authentically. So, um, since Sam powers were transferred or trapped I don't know. It's a it's a gray area. Bujah starts dying, like she's supposed to, and PK blames Sunmi, and decides to feed Sunmi to Bujah, which is it's an interesting plan. Yeah, I don't understand why everybody's like, no, this would turn her into an evil spirit, not and a good Bujah. And he's like, mm, it's still okay though.
1: Better than nothing.
0: Like, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not better than nothing. It's pretty bad, PK. And then last thing is the end of the episode, which is a trip to McDonald's. Because <laughs> that's, that's a lot of mac in
1: Yep. All over the place.
0: All over that library. Just, I mean, good for them. It's just a surprise yeah. as a K-drama viewer.
1: I think it's like the first equal participation kiss so that's good yes
0: that is good and it's a lot of participation which they uh start episode 11 just in case you forgot with the same the same make out.
1: yeah they participate in reactivating the bracelet
0: <laughs> wink wink <laughs> they're just making out um, episode of- <laughs> Episode 11 starts out kind of crazy with Ma Wong being stabbed. Yeah. But I feel like for some reason they didn't set it up for you to believe it.
1: Nope. I felt very unconcerned.
0: Yeah, so unconcerned. Like, I know about demons, so I was pretty sure he was fine. But they didn't explain it right away. But they also didn't make you nervous at all, which was a weird limbo of emotions i thought
1: there's a big spooky tree in this episode
0: oh yeah the beginning of the spooky tree it's got some sort of demon in it and he's trying to kill el presidente which i kind of wish just let that happen yeah you that's know? fine i call him el presidente i wrote down his name I, so i know it
1: i don't know it. i've never paid attention
0: <laughs> I... I think they say it very seldomly.
1: Yeah. As soon as you and I said the words El Presidente, it, that's all he was to me
0: for the rest yes! of the show. In all of my notes, that's what he is. So what does it matter? He's got a trajectory. We'll come back to that, though. Because he, he's got his tree thing. Yeah. But in episode 11 is when... Everyone, or pretty much everyone, Secretary Ma and Sun Ogong, find out that Sun Mi has the death bell and that it rang and that either she or Ogong have to kill one another. And now everybody knows. And um, someone has to die for the K-drama gods to be appeased. It is our sacrifice (laughs) to them.
1: Yep, and um, I don't know. I'm ready for it to happen. Either one. I'm mad at both of them at this point, so.
0: (laughs) One of you has to die.
1: It would be a relief at this point.
0: See, that's what happens.
1: When the drama goes too hard, I give up on everyone. I think one of my notes is I hate 90% of these people. The only person that I thought was, like, really good through all four of these episodes was. Hanju, Uh in the so kid episode, when he- He shined! Oh my gosh. He, like, adopted that little boy, and was like, I won't do everything for you, but I'm gonna give you the best chance at a good life. And I- I'm not crying, you're crying. Just kidding, we're all crying.
0: Yes, I'm crying right now. Just talking about it. It was really He was such a good dad.
1: He is the best dad. I love him.
0: Yeah, I love him. I love him.
1: He's the only thing holding <laughs> my heart together. The last person I'd care if they died, and the summer fairy and winter general. If they, if anything
0: happens to them, I'm done. <laughs> but I don't think anything will, because they're still playing that secondary character pretty well. Yeah, like I, I love them, but nothing's really happening with them, and I think that's okay.
1: Yeah, they're just the. I feel like they're the touchstone of sensibility that they all go back to periodically to just gain a modicum of perspective. Usually they don't use it wisely, but...
0: But they are the council. Yep. And they sit as the council. And it's good. Yeah. It's a good place to be. This episode, episode 11, Bujah says goodbye to everyone. <sighs> She had she, when was she a said a
1: huge bummer this whole episode. Yeah.
0: I was pretty sad when she was going around, but when she got to PK, and like I said, I'm still pretty mad at PK. Not the biggest fan of him right now. I just started bawling. She I, was so sad.
1: I teared up. I did. I got so sad. As soon as those elevator doors closed and she let out the K-drama angel tear, it got me. I was busted.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was sad. Oh, don't say goodbye to your opa. He hasn't even told you he loves you yet. Yeah,
1: even though he does keep calling her little brother, and I'm Kinda pretty hate that. yeah, I'm pretty confused about what direction they're actually going to take that.
0: Like I don't get it. Not not a fan of the joke. That whole love triangle is very confusing because he's like, "You're my little brother," and we're we're like, we're pretty sure you like her, but you never act like it. So. Not positive. Maybe not. And then <laughs> but you like There's her. Alice.
1: Yeah, because he likes Bujah a lot more than he likes Alice. But Alice slash the Jade Prince is real into PK. It's the most convoluted love triangle. Because I don't know how anyone actually feels. Yeah. Except Bujah, who's just innocent,
0: who's, who doesn't feel anything. Yeah. But freaking Alice. Remember how we were like, ugh. Oh. We just wish the Jade Prince was the one that was in love with PK and not Alice. And now I don't know. Yeah.
1: And I'm, like, really here for it if he does love PK. But also, it's never okay with me for people who are possessing other people's bodies to use those bodies to pursue people. I don't know. I just... It makes me feel gross when... That happens. It's it's still their body, though. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much she loves PK. It's still weird that you're forcing her body on PK a lot.
0: Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. Stop being a creep. I don't know why the octopus man is still there, but he's kind of a comic relief, I guess. Yeah. So this episode is when they go to the spooky tree, and Secretary Ma... And Sunmi? It's so hard to remember her name because no one ever calls her Sunmi. Yeah,
1: they only call her Jong and it's... So that's where I'm at with it. it, is just Samjong yeah. all the time. And then I'm like, no, no, Seongmi. Gotta
0: remember. You have it. to differentiate. Yeah. Sunmi is the person, Samjong is the powers. Yeah. I don't know. I like to call her Sunmi. So... Sunmi and Secretary Ma go to the tree, and they're, like, preparing to fight this big old demon, and it just, like, runs. I don't know. That was super anticlimactic to me.
1: Well, I think that was kind of... It was almost... It felt very purposeful to me that it was so anticlimactic, because it wasn't actually an evil spirit. In the end, it was a guardian spirit that was just acting very evil, like, Mm. murdery. And so, um, I kind of liked that it just pieced out and was. It decided, you know what? This is your problem. I've done my part.
0: I've tried my best. I just wanted to see Secretary Ma do something cool.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It would have been cool to watch her actually, like, battle a demon, an evil spirit. I feel like she'll probably get her chance, though. There was a part where, in. Episode 12 later, where she uses her scenting skills as a dog, just momentarily. She doesn't actually end up doing much very cool with it, but I liked it. I was pretty impressed, because it feels like something that she would be capable of as a dog spirit.
0: That's true. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So... The spooky tree gets torn down because the guardian spirit's gone and they find the el presidente finds a spooky sarcophagus and decides let's just open this baby up cracker cracker open which K. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think he's like let's open it but also let's just throw it in the ocean because i don't really care
1: yeah he gets it a little open and he's like ooh, this is a spooky coffin
0: I'm not. I'm not touching this anymore. So he's got I'm gonna some of
1: this in a box. Yeah, he's got some brains in his head, but not a whole bunch.
0: <laughs> not using all of them.
1: Yep. Um and then the episode ends with uh Bujah being such a potato and getting a call from her mom. She's finding out who she is and it's a guy who says, "I'm the guy taking care of your mom." So she shows up and gets thrown off a roof, which is A huge bummer, and it was- the best part was finding out how much Ogong cares.
0: He was not happy. That was so cute!
1: It was. So he goes on a murder rampage.
0: Yeah, he's ready to kill.
1: The cutest murder rampage ever.
0: It's that hard thing where you're like, he's working on becoming a deity, so I don't want him to kill them, and, like, get set back, however many- Hundreds of years or whatever for killing humans, but also I'm ready for these two to be out of the show.
1: Yeah, done with those guys. But he doesn't kill him because Xiong Mi shouts "Don't!" and then he gets real hurt. He gets some internal heart damage and spits up some blood. And so spooky. Yeah. And then that's a whole fun point of drama where she's really worried that she's become the abuser, which I guess is fair. And he runs off to fix himself. And leave yeah, her that's... wallowing in pity <laughs> and sadness.
0: That's the beginning of 12. Is is where he just straight up disappears. So I'm like, alright, that's fair. You do you. But uh, she... I think pouts for, like, a quarter of the episode? Yep. It's a while.
1: Until finally he just lets her off the hook, which was nice, because I thought he wasn't going to. I thought he was gonna- also
0: she didn't apologize at all.
1: Yeah. She just decided that not using his name was the best thing to do, and that's just, um... Because it wasn't his name that hurt him, it was the command that he was disobeying. Just don't tell him, don't be bossy, you'll be fine.
0: I just hate these types of communication issues where I feel like she could have said, I'm so sorry for hurting you, how can I not do it again? Tell me what happened. And he could have told her, and she would know for the future what she can change to not, you know, crush his heart. But instead, she just hugs him silently, and he's like, Oh, it's okay. I do love hugs. I do love a good hug. (laughs) And I'm like, you two are being the worst. Can we talk about a real thing for a minute? AKA, how not to murder each other.
1: Nope. They can't get that part down. They are all about the- Which makes sense, because that dumb death bell, that dumb very much not love bell- (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, she's so dumb she's so dumb and then she almost takes off the bracelet cause instead of apologizing why not do a big show of love
1: I just a huge gesture I wanted it to she's, happen
0: I wanted it very badly but I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff and when he was like mm, good call you shouldn't have taken it off I still would have murdered you I was like ah <laughs> you clever monkey
1: you even got me
0: you got all of us, I think.
1: In my mind, I think I've just convinced myself that if she took it off, he'd still love her. And none of them actually know that, but...
0: I think he will.
1: Yeah. I want that to be, like, the end game, is her deciding that the best thing to do is just take it off, even if it means her death, and then being pleasantly surprised when he doesn't murder her. But we'll see, because apparently someone's gonna murder someone... And it feels a bit like a red herring for them to continually say it's going to be her murdering him.
0: Yeah. Because we know it's going to be him murdering her. Yeah, Or both of them at the same time.
1: Yeah. Someone's going to murder someone. (sighs) Man, at this point it feels like the best ending would be them murdering each other at the same time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That would be Romeo and Juliet
1: feel okay weirdly it would be sad but it's better than one of them murdering the other and being fine with it
0: yeah wait can you hear the announcement
1: i can't but i want to
0: no it's okay i don't want you to i was just wondering if it was feeding into the mic
1: now i can hear it has it gotten closer
0: uh no, it's just getting louder. Uh-huh. It's the regular daily announcements. So it's the ones on the megaphones around town. It's
1: so funny, Japan's such yeah, a
0: place. Jason's old advisor does that now. He moved apartments. What? Now That's he does great. announcements. <laughs> it's ironic because he's the person that we could never hear when he talked. He'd always be like, "What does he know?" Why the also what was and Jason's like, he said his name is Nakazawa. I'm like, in what language? Because <laughs> I couldn't hear him, let alone understand him. <laughs> Jesus. So this is impressive. He's doing good now.
1: He can. He can speak gladly. He just chose not to.
0: I'm sorry about this side rant. Just thought I'd talk over the announcement. <laughs> all the time.
1: So, you know who's the actual dumbest? It's not seeing me against all the odds. Who? Her daughter, Bujah. Her dumb, dumb daughter, who is a dumb, stupid idiot. She's so dumb. <laughs> I loved you. You were the chosen one.
0: We loved you so much, Bujah. You were our favorite.
1: You were supposed to be above. Being the actual... Like, her dumb brain must be rotting out of her idiotic head. That is the only explanation. Like, she's actually rotting. And so she doesn't have any decision-making skills left in her dumb head.
0: Because last episode, she called the kidnappers, and they were like, Um, yeah, I'm your mom's caretaker. Come meet up with me. I want to talk with you. And then she got thrown off a roof. So this episode, she learned her lesson... (laughs) And she got a call from her mom's number who said, hey, I'm your mom's caretaker. I want to meet up with you. Let's talk. She's so and stupid. she said, there's time for real though.
1: And doesn't tell PK. It's just like, all right, bye. He's literally just, he leaves the room for two seconds to get her some energy beads so she feels better. And he couldn't, she couldn't just give him a heads up. Like, hey, I found out who my mom is, and I'm going to go meet her. Do you want to, like, provide some backup?
0: Why can't PK ever go with her? Ever. I don't understand. I know that president is
1: like, let's meet quietly. I get it that he wanted it to be a secret, and that's what he said to her. But it's not like he was, like, on the phone, like, don't call the police. Or I'll know. If, like, I'll know. I don't know. Like,
0: if it's your mom's caretaker, are you really... Dumb enough to be like, he needs to meet me alone. Right? I don't know. That's. There's no logic to it. You can hate that.
1: Just even tell someone. It's like when you go hiking alone and you just tell someone, like, where you're headed so they know that if you don't come back, something has happened and they need to, like, call (laughs) someone. It's like that. It's really. It's just (laughs) one on one.
0: I take that way too far. Every time I go on a bike ride or go running, I'm like, Jason, this is the direction I'm going. And then I send him a picture of what I'm wearing, and I call it my missing person's outfit. I'm like, if i go missing. Here's the outfit that I was last seen in. <laughs> He's like, it's creepy, but it works.
1: Yeah. Like, I guess I'm grateful uh, to know, but... <laughs>
0: but I will hopefully never have to use it. Yeah, but... Buja? But, but like,
1: literally just tell one person who is in the next room, just like, hey, I'm going, I'll see you later, I'm gonna meet up with my mom's caretaker, and then they can tell you, like, oh, bad idea, let me come with you. You're like a dumb eight-year-old who can't take care of herself, so I'll just make sure this goes okay. Ugh, so stupid.
0: You're being dumb, and... We gave up on Bujah this episode, which is timely, because <laughs> there's no Bujah anymore.
1: Yep, she's gone now. She made that I decision. I mean, last episode,
0: she found her name, so we could have started calling her by her her true name, but we don't need to. We'll just call her Buja forever, because immediately after finding out her name, she got possessed. Yep. And she's gone. Which... Easy peasy. Is, yeah, that's a thing now.
1: Great,
0: sounds good. I'll try. I'll try and refer to her as Asanyo, which I think is going to be kind of hard to get used to. I don't know why that name is so hard for me. It's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, but it's it's a lot of it, a lot of vowels. I guess I don't know. It's hard for me too. Yeah.
0: So now she's Asanyo, the priestess, which is kind of cool. I'm excited about this new character. She seems wicked.
1: Yeah, she's gnarly, and I love her. I love her matte red nails. Whoa.
0: So good. I always really liked that they painted Buja's kind of this weird rotting color. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. So now they've upped their game. They're changing nail colors just like they're changing characters. And she's a priestess now. Raquel, I wrote all caps in my notes. I swear to God, if that rose petal cuts her hand... <laughs> and then it did. And then it did. Ugh. How is everything... Like, I feel like a dried-out leaf. I don't know. Somehow I was convinced. Somehow I was like, I don't think it would happen. But a little bit of magic and you could get a dried leaf to cut her delicate paper hands.
1: Right. I guess my thing is that it's... Roses. Mm-hmm. What do roses have that make you bleed?
0: Uh, the softest petals in the world.
1: Apparently not thorns. We're not going to utilize thorns as like a no. b- a bleeding method. We're going to go with no. a soft petal. The caress of a soft <laughs> petal. The caress of a soft petal. On Mi's <laughs> old paper thin skin. <laughs>
0: She's one million years old now and <laughs> deserves to be caught by the priestess if everything in this world is just going to tear her up. Yep.
1: She's a mess.
0: So I don't know. That's, um, she goes after her for a little while. But for after after going to her office and delivering flowers, hope everyone's just keeping up with who I'm talking about because I'm not saying names as of this moment. I'm with you. But okay.
1: I'm in your head. Afterwards,
0: <laughs> we're the same person. So if anybody <laughs> else is confused, just watch the K-drama again. You'll get it. Asunyo goes to Ma Wang's office to steal some energy beads, and Ma Wang has had quite the day.
1: It's been rough. He found
0: his girlfriend.
1: He did, and she's as sad as ever, and he's still broken up about that. Poor
0: guy. I feel him. Yeah. I feel him. He's just Oh, like I said, he's such a good actor that you're like, how can he be so funny 90% of the time? And then that other 10%, he's just so serious and so beautifully sad. Poor guy. This guy. I love it. So you see he's his, his uh, girlfriend, Cha Eun. she's living, I don't know, she's crying on a bench. So obviously she's living a sort of sad life, but then she goes to this... Beautiful jewelry store, and some girls like, "Oh, welcome back, president of the company." <laughs> and she's like, uh, "I know." Like you've worked. My hard. life is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, wait, um n- no, I live a sad life. Yeah, and I have twenty dollars. Yeah, I don't think she's actually living a sad life.
1: I eat tofu and rice for dinner every night because it's what I can afford.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna say that we can just um, assume that money solves all problems, but
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. She's got a lot. Yeah, it doesn't cut like you're probably well fed. I'd like to at least think that like you've got some food, some clothes. I don't know. Maybe it's that thing where all of her damage is emotional this time around. It's like, oh, she's fine. Except that her life is in shambles. Which, I I can feel that too.
0: Yeah, but it'd be nice if her whole life was in shambles. That's way more believable for me.
1: Right. Make her a college student. <laughs> Make her a college student this time.
0: That's the saddest you can be. That's <laughs> the lowest of the low.
1: <laughs> it was my lowest. It's gotta be everyone's, right?
0: <laughs> so she assigns goes to Ma Wang and is like, I can help you out. I can help you trick the gods. And Ma Wang is like, hmm. Thanks, Vujar. <laughs> he's being a little bit clouded.
1: Yeah, he's kind of indulgently yeah. sad. Like, he's only thinking of yeah. him right now.
0: Yeah. Take your beads and go. <laughs> so Bujah leaves. As he said, Secretary Ma sniffs her out, which is pretty cool, but anticlimactic. Then... Sonogong immediately recognizes her, yeah. which is so cool. I know.
1: I think he's the last living smart person in this whole show. He's the worst, but he's very smart. Can you hear the ice yeah. cream truck outside? I of can.
0: My <laughs> is it getting closer?
1: Yep, it's going to probably park in my parking lot, and that'll be for the rest of the podcast.
0: What? It yeah. does that? Yeah,
1: because there's a lot of kids in my neighborhood. We're like, a rich vein to tap for ice cream trucks.
0: Okay. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> our background music. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so Sonogong recognizes her, and toys with her, which I think is super funny. A good use of his douchebag powers. Yeah. Is, it's the toy with Asanyo? He does am excited such a good to job. See that. Yeah. And, oh! Jonathan, then bids son me farewell
1: which is kind of sad but i'm real glad to see the other side of his hair bye <laughs> goodbye
0: <laughs> you done with jonathan <laughs> we were so in love with him for like half a second
1: i do i really like him as a character i don't know why they purposefully made his hair look like a ugly wig i'm pretty sure it's his hair or it's yeah, an I'm ugly pretty wig sure it's
0: his hair. in his actor profile He's got long hair as well. And it looks really good. I think it's his hair. Yeah. Yeah, But they just used a lot of mousse, maybe some extensions, a little bit of a weave. A
1: helmet around his small head. His head probably isn't small, but it looks very small when you make his hair, like, fluffy but helmet-like around it. It's bad. I'm glad you
0: also hate it, because I I couldn't figure out what I hated about it. I just knew I didn't really like it.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's super, super bad. And so, (laughs) it's sad to see his character go. But also, I'm glad he's getting out while he's still alive, first of all. Yeah. But also, like, I don't have to look at his stupid hair. And (laughs) that feels really good.
0: And he walked out, not only not dying... But still, staying one of the most likable and most mature and level-headed characters of the show. Yep. So we lost cool. that. But we never had to see his dark side. He never had to turn into awful Jonathan.
1: That's true. I suspected he might like become upset about the position they continually put him in, but no, he just turned out to be like a really good guy. So yeah, go Jonathan.
0: What a good man.
1: And then. Things break bad again.
0: <laughs> Constantly. Just
1: all the time. Cause now I'm I think Ogong is under the thrall of Asanyo. Yeah. And who knows if he'll break out of that or if he'll do some murders first.
0: Uh I'm I'm totally ready to watch the next episode. Like I said, I never want to get back into this show. I never want to watch it again. But I'm like, just just one more, because this show is pretty good about giving you drama and then being like, but it only lasts like 20 minutes into the next episode. Yeah. Which it's... has been consistently awful, but it relieves the stress really quickly.
1: For like 10 minutes, I actually got into this habit of watching these episodes, like, in halves. Like, I'll watch half an episode and quit while things are okay. I'll be like, oh, things are not terrible, so now is the time to walk away. Because trying to quit at the end of an episode is impossible. They're so rough.
0: There's so much happening at the end. They're so good at cliffhangers. Yeah, they're That's a good life. method.
1: Yeah. Ugh, it's a good method, but I hurt everywhere, all over.
0: (laughs) So she... So I don't know what's gonna happen. She put the flowers in his eyes. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Don't know what it means. I don't know if Seon Mi's power is greater than hers. I would like to see something like that, because I feel like in the past couple... Like, they used to at least have Seon Mi trying to be her own champion... And then the past couple of episodes, she's kind of turned into a weenie baby a little bit. Mm.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: And so I'd like to see her be her own champion again.
0: Agreed. I think that would be a good path for her. I think that would be a really good way to murder Sonogong. is to tell him to do something and get his mind control to do that and then have Sun me say, don't do it. And have Uh, his heart collapse.
1: Then he'd get, that's how he'd be murdered. Alright, maybe it wasn't a red herring. I can see that happening.
0: But that would be like if we had one or two episodes left. We have eight episodes.
1: Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Or she'll go to take the bracelet off because she says something and she doesn't want it to kill him. Which feels like a bad idea, but she's all about doing literally the worst thing.
0: Yeah, she believes it's a love bell, so she might as well take off the bracelet.
1: Oh, she's so stupid. I used to love her so much. (laughs) I do. I still love her. But there was that moment where everything changed because she believed that was a love bell, despite the fact that she was told to her face it was not. I will never forgive that. I can't. I can't forgive the fact that she's spent like a solid five episodes now thinking that she's destined to be with Gong when the whole time it was, she's destined to either kill or be killed by him. It's a lot to, to deal with. I keep saying that about this. I always do. It's just a lot to deal with.
0: <laughs> Every K-drama is so much to deal with. Yeah. That's, I feel like I usually watch episodes for play on K and also start, Other dramas at the same time. Because as I told you, my method is ridiculous. I'll watch like six episodes of another K drama, and then I'll either never watch it again, or I'll just skip to the end and watch the last two episodes. So it's fairly quick going. I can plow through a lot of K dramas, but this one, I have no need to watch another one. There's so much drama going on.
1: It's killing me, it's rotting my brain. I'm going
0: full Buja. It's almost like a punishment where I'm like, Oh, I wanna watch a K drama right now. Now's a good time. And I'm like, if you're gonna watch a drama, you have to watch Fa Yu to get it over with. Rip the band-aid, watch the thing. Feel the feelings. Feel the feelings. It's just too much for me.
1: I can't I can't do this. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it- Next week we'll do four more. We'll do another episode. We started this episode before we got on talking, recording. Uh, We spent pretty much the first ten minutes trying to figure out some way to not keep watching this drama and still be professionals. And then it just ended up being like, oh, there's no way. We've locked in. We're here now. But should we have come? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. If we
0: just skip the next four episodes and go to the last four, will anybody notice? I don't know.
1: Who knows? Probably uh, someone would, and maybe they'd call us on it, or maybe they'd just understand that we needed it for our health. I feel like there's a chain of thorns wrapped around my heart, and whenever I have to watch (laughs) an episode, it clenches and I spit up a bunch of blood.
0: just see a doctor (laughs) (laughs) no it's good we love this drama we freaking love it we're just going to focus on all the things that we love about it and watch it again and then next week's episode of Plan K will hopefully be so much more positive
1: yes hopefully everyone will start living up to their potential instead of making poor choices I'd like to see people start like Doing some cool ghost busting.
0: Yeah. So if you guys are feeling the same way, are feeling different ways, you guys totally disagree and you're like, this trauma is perfect. Either way, let us know. We've got a lot of places you can contact us. Our number one favorite is our website, which is playonk.com.
1: Yeah, you can comment there or you can email us directly at podcast at gmail.com.
0: You can tweet at us, at PlayOnK.
1: Or you can go to iTunes and write and subscribe us and comment there.
0: Yeah, let us know what you think about Hayuki, what you think about the podcast, anything. If you want to send us spoilers and be like, these last eight episodes are 100% worthwhile, and I hope you enjoy them with all your heart. I guess that's not much of a spoiler. Yeah. But if you do have a spoiler email us. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. More
1: encouragement like M just said, I could use something to bolster my spirits through the rest of this K-drama. So just like email us and let us know that we're going to make it through this and we'll be okay because I need that. <laughs> um one other thing, uh we have a couple more episodes in this one and then we actually decided what we're doing next already, which we'll reveal later. But it was yeah. by request, and we're really excited to do it. So if you request a K-drama, especially around the end of, like, like when we're wrapping up these episodes, um, you should totally email us about it because uh, we would be super, super happy to accommodate. Like I said, we know what we're going to be doing in June uh, as our next K-drama, but after that, we are free for suggestions. So let us know what you want yeah. us to watch, and we'll totally hook you up.
0: Hex, yeah! And (laughs) thank you, as always, to James Hevel for writing our theme song. Yeah, thanks, James! Ooh, he just finished his master's program. That's crazy. We are
1: so proud of him. He's amazing. I can't wait. I know he's going to be doing, like, lots of performances this summer. He uh, does a lot of stuff in the Midwest. So if you hear anything about James Paul Hevel around there, uh, you should totally check him out. Yeah.
0: He is a master. Literally.
1: We can call him master. Master
0: James. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you all next week for the next four episodes of Huayuki.
1: See you next week, guys. Bye. Sorry, I talked right over you.